Welcome to the Bootleg Baptist Podcast. I am Pastor Nick Staley, and I'm joined today with... No, it's just me. <laughs> just playing. Ain't nobody with me. Um, sorry, I've been gone a little while. I mean, I know for the tens and tens of people who watch, you might have missed me. Probably didn't. Um, probably my wife is most of the time watching what I do. That's okay. I don't do this. You know, I don't do this for more than just just to do it. I mean, it sounds weird to say, but I kind of enjoy doing this stuff. I've had a number of different podcasts I've tried, things I've tried with other people. I just do this because I find it fun, um, enjoyable to do. Uh, whether people listen or not, it's irrelevant. It's good practice. It teaches me how to do different things with cameras. And, um, you know, it's, it's not bad. Matter of fact, I'll uh, take a picture right here of what is going on in my cameras and in my pub. And I should be able to drop that right here. So see, it gives me practice on this kind of stuff, editing things, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I I felt, as I've done this, I last few weeks kind of like wrestled with last week I was gonna record. And I'm like, ah, what do I wanna do it on? Um, and then I put some stuff together and I went, well, I'll do this, I could do this, do this. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I came to the idea that I want to start walking through the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession of Faith um, as a, a way to sharpen myself, but also as a way to kind of to, to help other people with it. Um, a little of my background, uh, because I think that's helpful, because while I am Baptist, I've not always been a 1689 confessing Baptist. Um, so, you know, when I was converted, uh, my wife and I first attended a Methodist church. Uh, it's actually a conservative Methodist church. Uh, it's no longer that way, but did attend one for a while. Um, then we ended up in a, it's called a Missionary Church USA, smaller denomination, was there for a bit, for a few years. Served as missionaries in there to America, doing like street preaching and stuff years ago. Um, ended up at a few different churches here and there, but. Um, end up at One Life Church. You know, One Life Church, when we first got it going, it was, we would call it ourselves reformed, but really we were just Calvinistic Baptist Church. Um, we didn't hold any of the confessions. So you can't really say, back then I would have said I was reformed, but I, I wasn't, in my estimation now to then, uh, truly reformed. I was a Calvinist, but I wasn't reformed. Um, and nor, nor was the church. And over the last few years, we've a lot of that's changed, and now we're actually have adopted like the 1689 London Baptist Confessions Faith, as well as a few other confessions of faith, um, and like the Athanasian and creeds, like the Athanasius Creed, um, the Apostles Creed, and so on. We've become more confessional, which we have found to be a huge blessing. Um, but I kind of want to what, what? So that's kind of where I land now. Now, as a 1689 confessing Baptist, um, and one that's kind of new to it um i'm not going to say i'm an expert in it at all um rather i'm still kind of learning about it and going through it actually we have a men's group that meets um once a month and we're going through the 1689 little by little i've read through it a number of times never actually studied fully through it um but i've, I've definitely read it a few quite a few times now i keep one typically on me either in the form of a little book or a larger version of it i have or on my phone i have in app for it, which is helpful. So it's always with me, because um, it goes, you know, it's it, it goes along with scripture. It's not inspired, rather it's it's 
a broad teaching of the word of God and what we can believe and what we confess. But I guess I'm saying all that to say that, you know, here's where I am now. This is me now. I am a 1689 uh, confessing um, Baptist. Um, I am in the SBC. If you've watched some of my previous episodes, there's one with uh, Eric Stewart, our lead pastor, my pastor, um, where we talked about stuff going on in the SBC. Um, I'd encourage you to go back and read that because there's some interesting stuff going on. But you know, it, it is what it is. So I thought, either way, I thought I would take you through a little bit of a journey with me as I've been exploring the 1689, and we can walk through it basically section by section and and have some fun with it. And I wouldn't mind having some people on to sit and talk about it. Um, which maybe next week I can get a couple of guys in the pub with me and we can just sit and basically talk about it and go through it and discuss it. I, I don't know. Um, I could even do, I mean, if somebody out there really wants to be on with me, um, I'm, I'm sure I can find a way to mount a TV here and we can Zoom call this thing and I can do all kinds of recording stuff. So I'm sure there's ways to do it. Um, either way, though, I figured I'd take this as an opportunity to do that, to, to really lean back on it because creeds and confessions are our, our heritage. They've been passed down from generations of Christians to others. Matter of fact, tonight um, at our family devotions after dinner, we've been walking through the book of Acts. And uh, the thing that struck me and we were talking about it with my kids tonight was when the early church was established, there was, you know, it was like 250, 150, 250 people, whatever it was um, there. And then you see like, uh, Peter preaches and then there's like the churches it says 3,000 people are added you know whether you women were counted children were counted whether they weren't I don't know um, the point is the church exponentially grew and uh, that that growth that starting with the 12 to the followers to you know this to this exponential growth where we're numbered around a billion which I'll be I mean I think they throw cults in there like the J-dubs the Mormons, probably all kinds of weird Scientologists. And uh, those guys are probably thrown there. So let's just be on the safe side and say that there's a half a billion Christians. That legacy started, we read about the founding of our of of the church then. That's like our family legacy looking back at it. It's pretty cool to think that was my family um, in the sense that um, we're, we're adopted into the same family. So uh, that same family that's the beginning of the family that, that, that is, that is the true family, um, God's family. So it's pretty cool to see that. And as you look through things like this, like the confessions and creeds, you start to see that, that they were there for, for them at the time specifically, but for our blessing in the future, um, because they tell us one, what our, what our forefathers believed, what they're fighting, what they're fighting against, but also gives us places to unify. And I think, most um, believers nowadays miss that. I mean, I'm sure if you've heard, or you might even say it, I have no creed but Jesus. No, the Bible's the only creed I have. That's a creed. I mean, that's that's a creed you're saying. That's your creed. Um, so we all have them. Um, the Baptist faith and message, while they'd say it's a unifying document, it's reality is confession. That's what it is. It's confessing our common faith. Um, so Baptists hold to it. The Westminster is, uh, is the same way. I mean, there's lots of these things out there. We're always making these so we know who is true, who is false, who believes um, orthodoxy and who is outside of orthodoxy. So they're very important for us um, to have because, well, they, they help us know who each other are. We help, we know one another and 
We also know where we can unify because the church is so divided. In creeds and confessions, if more churches were to adopt them, actually unifies us in better ways because, you know, while we adopt quite a few, it would be nice to know, you know, these guys over here are preaching some weird stuff, but man, they hold the Apostles' Creed, they hold to fill in the blank, and um, we know we can link arms in certain manners. I know this is my brother because we hold to a common confession and creed. So they're good to help us, you know, the, the, the idea of confessions and creeds, they help us it basically guard us from error and helps us to speak rightly about God. Uh, that's what it does. Um, they're not inspired. Uh, they're just drawn from the inspired text of the word. Um, so it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I've, as I look down or if you're just listening and you don't see me look down, but I'm looking at um, some stuff I found on the web. So I, as I walk through it, you're just walking through with me. You're basically in my brain tonight. Hopefully next time I record, I'll have some other people in here, so I'm not talking to myself. Um, but, I mean, we just don't want to reject these because, like, this this is from an article um, off the Solo Network. I'm not super familiar with it, but I found it super helpful. Uh, talking about it's, it's countercultural. Uh, Christians that reject historic confessions often do so because they unwittingly buy into the misleading cultural narrative that the past is antiquated and useless because society has progressed and evolved. Um, in a generation and culture that wants to deconstruct anything that smacks of authority or traditionalism, confessions are typically the last place people look to steer and give guidance. Dogma is seen as a straitjacket and even a taboo word. When our culture conflicts with our faith, we need to be able to plant ourselves in firm and solid footing. Uh, this is where the creeds and confessions come in handy. As brief summaries of our faith, they serve as guidelines to express what we believe and they correctly affirm the value of what we can learn from the past. I mean, they are countercultural because when culture does stray and, and abandon the living God, we have these things to show what the true faith is so we don't get off kiltered. They're important. They've held the line for years. There's a reason the Apostles' Creed has said, I mean, we say in our church every week, um, we recited as a church, but there's a reason why, because it, we, we're acknowledging our common creed, our common confession, our common uh, Lord. And so it, it keeps us from straying and wandering from that. It keeps us in there. I will link below this article because I found it really helpful. I'm kind of using their points to walk through this a bit. Um, it, it says here, the, what they do is it connects us with our past and draws from the wisdom of those that have gone before us. It really does. Um, the old saying, and it's a very good saying, uh, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. And so often ancient heresies come back up um, and they rear their ugly heads. And these old confessions and creeds were set apart, set about to, to fight a lot of these. Um, actually, I think, and I'll, maybe I'll click this below to remember to put these in here. Uh, Phil Johnson uh, from Grace Community Church out um, MacArthur's church. Um, had done a series, I listened to it years ago, on the ancient heresies. Uh, it was really, really super helpful. I'll, I'll link that. It's really good to talk about those, to hear about those heresies and why a lot of these creeds and confessions were so important back then and what they were fighting and how these heresies seemed to rear their ugly heads. Um, I mean, like the, I, I think it's called, I believe it's civilianism, but I'm not sure on that. I could be wrong. Either way, it's the idea, it's the, the heresy um, that there is there that the that, that there's a that Christ isn't part of the Trinity. There is no Trinity. That there's God that works in modes, um, and and so like there's the Father. There's you know the Son, the Spirit, and the Son is the 
father incarnate and then the spirit is the working force of it's it's madness um what it what it says but that's an old heresy that is back on the market i mean guys like td jakes uh hold to this your um i believe your united pentecostals which i think jakes was or is still a part of um that's a group that holds to that this is the idea that they take you know the lord that god the lord is one to be like the singular rather in unity um which scripture teaches authoritatively in a trinity but these old creeds are there to help us guard against that stuff um but it also helps us to remember the past um to those ugly heresies pop back up we're not like fighting the same dragon again we've already had our our, our brothers and sisters who want on to be, be with the lord have already given us something and passed it down for us as a heritage to fight against those heresies so they're there um but next point he, he says in here is it unites christians and, and, and that's very, very true. It does unite us. Like, I'm, I, now I'm a Baptist, but I relate with Presbyterians very well because we share a lot of the creeds. Heck, the Westminster, I, I'm, I'm not a Baptist to say, oh, you know, the, we had our creed first. No, reality is we cheated a little bit back in the day. Um, the, when you read the Westminster Confession of Faith and compared to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, they're very similar and there's reasons why. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but these kind of things help us unite to know where each other stands. It also helps us know we're different um, when it comes to the sum of those ones. But at the end of the day, they're, they're really helpful when you're getting into these uh, confessions because they help you know how to unify together. I mean, I could go to a Presbyterian church and enjoy watching a baby be baptized as well as a Presbyterian. I'm not going to speak for all of them, but probably wouldn't have a problem coming to see somebody be baptized at a Baptist church as well. We may differ a bit on this, but there's so much more we have in common. And we can see that from our common creeds and confessions that we can say, this is my brother, this is my brother indeed. Um, so they're super duper helpful um, for that. So there are a few creeds that I'll just walk you through a little bit to explain some good ones, some real good creeds and not confessions. These are creeds because we go back to the one, you know, the Apostles Creed. Um, that's the one, like I said, we do at our church, the Apostles' Creed. Now, here's, here's a summation of it. Serves to affirm the core tenets of the Christian faith. Uh, God, the Creator, Jesus, His Son, born to a virgin and later crucified and resurrected to join His Father and ready to bring judgment, the Holy Spirit, the church, communion, forgiveness, resurrection, and everlasting life. It was produced by the... Now, well, see, it wasn't produced by the Apostles themselves. This says that it was. Um, but it was, more than likely was not. It's irrelevant, though, who actually penned it because it's so good. And it's just this really basic um, summation of, of, of God, um, of his work, of what was accomplished on the cross. Um, and it's when we recite that at church together, we at least some, you know, some of us just say it. Others of us say it because we believe it and we wholeheartedly believe it. And we understand the, the beauty of it. Um, but it's there for for us so that apostles creed is like that kind of basic um creed that helps us there then there's the nicene creed it's a statement of the orthodox faith of of the early christian church in opposition to certain heresies especially arianism uh, these heresies which disturbed the church during the fourth century concern the doctrine of the trinity and the person of christ um again good to know it helps us shape our beliefs helps us understand what we hold to and then you have the athanasian's creed um 
this creed uh, accent, accents the Augustinian teaching on the Trinity with the, with the procession of the Spirit from the Father and the Son and an accent on the divine unity. The Godhead is altogether one, uh, one divine substance or essence, yet each person in it has a particular property by virtue in which he differs and indistinct from the other two. So it's the idea, this one gives us, brings us home the idea of the Trinity uh, because, you know, oh, hey, you know, the Bible doesn't say the word Trinity. Ooh, it doesn't really say a lot of words that we use to describe our faith, um, but it definitely describes it. It's just the word we've used to coin it. God didn't call himself the triune God. Rather, we see these distinctions in there, but then we see each is very God of very gods. Um, so, I mean, these kind of things, these creeds and confessions are good for us and it helps us. Be, if you believe on the Trinity, the reason why is because years ago, somebody worked through it and let it down on paper what they are already believing. Not that they go, oh, this idea is here. Now we need to come up with it. Rather, it's what they were already believing. So they penned this for us so that we could have right understanding of the Trinity. Um, and it's helpful. The reason the church today has such a strong grasp on the Trinity, even though they use all these Sibelian, uh, these modalistic uh, uh <laughs> pictures of God, like God's an egg. You know, there's the egg, the yolk, and the white. Well, no, that's actually modalism. That's modalism, Patrick, if you've ever seen that. Um, but but they help us to really distinguish what it is. Um, then there's the Belgic Confession. Some of these I don't even know, but I know they're out there. Um, it says, during the 16th century, the church in the, in, in the country were exposed to terrible persecution of the Roman Catholic government. Uh, to protest against this cruel opposition, oppression and to prove to the perse persecutors that the adherents of the Reformed faith were not rebels, as they were accused, but rather were law-abiding citizens who professed the true Christian doctrine according to the Holy Scriptures. Sometimes these creeds and confessions are there for us to protect, these, protect ourselves. Um, the 1689 was that way. Um, that we were, I mean, the Baptists were under persecution and that they're Anabaptists, they kind of connected them with people they weren't. Um, and so they came up with this to say, look at guys, we're just like you. Here's what we actually believe. So it's a systematized way of belief. Um, so we can, they could connect with others. Say, look at, I am Orthodox. While we may vary on baptism or we may vary on church government or whatever, um, it was there to say, look at, we're believing the same thing as you are. And, and it's, it's, it's helpful to us. Um, that's why I think it's so good to walk through because it gives us those doctrines and ideas. Um, so, I mean, we, we have a, a legacy within, within this, and I think it's good for um, good Baptists to pick up their 1689, um, for, for you Presbyterians out there to pick up your, your Westminster and actually use it. Um, it's a good way to, to walk somebody through the, the tenets of the faith and what we believe. Um, as a, as kind of like a discipleship tool, it really is because it it breaks down some of the key um, doctrines and teachings of Scripture, um, and helps us to understand it. Now, the 1689, I don't agree with a hundred percent. There's uh, certain parts that I disagree on it with, such as uh, this part portion on the civil magistrate. Although um, a friend of mine uh, could, which maybe I'll have him on when we do the civil magistrate, um, has. A different view on it than than is typically seen in it um but it goes through and I'll, i mean here's some of the things it goes through of the holy scriptures and it even walks through what the books of the bible are 
um, what we hold to. So if I'm staying with a guy who says, I don't believe you're, you know, you're a believer because of this, this, or this, um, we can say, no, look at, here's the scriptures we hold to, um, you know, there's of God and the Holy Trinity, um, of effectual calling, uh, repentance unto life and salvation of good works, perseverance of the saints, Christian liberty, um, uh, communion of the saints, baptism of the Lord's Supper, um, of last judgment, and so on. I mean, it's got a, a bunch of different points in it that are helpful for us um, to, to really grasp what we believe. Um, let me see. Um, when you deal with, I, I think this is the portion I really like. Yeah, this is from uh, chapter 2. Uh, the second um, portion of chapter two. And this will give you an idea why I find these so helpful. Um, this is what it says. Oh boy, I am blind. I'm going blind. I can barely see this. Uh, God having all life, glory, goodness, blessedness in and of himself is alone in and unto himself all sufficient, not standing in need of any creature which he hath made, nor derive any glory from them, but only manifesting his own glory in, by, unto, and upon them. He is the alone fountain of all being, of whom, through whom, and to whom all things are all things. And he hath most sovereign dominion over all creatures to do by them, for them, uh, or upon them whatsoever himself pleaseth. In his sight all things are open and manifest. His knowledge is infinite, infallible, and independent upon the creature, so as nothing is to him contingent or uncertain. He is most holy in all his counsels, in all his works, in all his commands. To him is due from angels and men whatsoever, whatsoever worship, service, or obedience, or obedience as creatures they owe unto the Creator, and whatever he is further pleased to require of them. Then you get proof text on it um, to say, you know, this is a concise teaching of all these texts. Um, so you see why these things are helpful and why they can bless us. Um, they're worth studying and knowing. Um, <laughs> This would be a good tool if you're like, hey man, I, you know, I say I want to do more on family devotions. This could be a really good avenue to walk through with your children, um, because now they're they're getting some strong doctrine and understanding of of God's word, which is where you want them to be. You don't realize how much kids catch, especially as they get older. You start to realize what they did catch. As my kids are getting older, they've caught quite a bit. Um, so I thought over the next few weeks, uh, it could take me a year. I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to just record this one for. The simple fact for anybody that wants to to grow in this with me, um, which I think is cool. Um, on the other side of it too, it, it, it's sort of something my kids can watch in the future. Like their old man did something like this, or dad, um, and walk through it. I mean, no offense, guys, but I say every time I, I don't care if you're offended. Um, tonight, I don't think there's anything I truly be offended about. Other, I mean, I didn't say anything too crazy other than the cigar and my my local hard cider which is really really good from a local cider mill um but i guess the point of this is just to walk through it if we're doing it with my church through the guys from my church i just felt this would be a, a good helpful thing so um i don't know Let's find it kind of a, a good point to go back on. We're always so quick to point out what divides us. Um, but as it seems like as the church has been kind of 
getting weak over the last number of years, probably 50 years. It could be longer than that. Um, I've seen, though, that we need more things like this. We need to, to hold this stuff stronger because as the world goes, as the church goes, so goes the world. And if we can't find ways to unite ourselves, um, I think we'll do ourselves a great disservice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be good to go through it. I think it'd be good a good time. I'm sure here and there I'll take little breaks if something comes up, um, something to talk about. I mean, I do want to eventually tackle abortion because of our ministry, One Life for Life. Link below. Um, feel free to give to it. We have missionaries that need support. Um, and we've seen like 400 babies saved, but like things like that need to be addressed as well. But, but just for a basic primer, at the end of the day, what I want to do is walk through this with whoever is willing to walk through it with me. Um, if you got some ideas like, hey, I want to be on with you on this section, um, cool. I may get some guys in my pub next week just hanging out and talking about it. We'll just record it. Um, just kind of have some fun with it. Let you uh, walk through it with me. So, I mean, as for an introduction, um, it's kind of where I'm at. Creeds, confessions, they're good. Find good ones, stick with them. There's another one I really like. It's mad at, and I'm going to butcher this name. I'm absolutely going to butcher this name. Frank Deutsch or something like that. It was written in South Africa uh, a few years back. It's a really good one. Um, it's a really, really good, um, I don't know if it'd be Frank Deutsch's confession or it's a creed, what it would fall to. Can't remember off the top of my head, but it's really good. It deals with money, uh, abortion, a uh, number of topics that are prevalent for today. It was written in South Africa. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'll, I'll, I mean, feel free to shoot me a message or whatever. Uh, send me an email. I don't care. I'm I'm real easy to get a hold of. I'm, I mean, for the 12 people listening, if you ever have a question, want to talk, or just want to send me a message, feel free. You can use Facebook. You can do Instagram. Um, you can find me myself on those Nick Staley. On both of those, I'm on Facebook a whole lot more than I do on Instagram, but not with these kind of things. Um, but yeah. Oh, and last things, you know, check out the shirt. I still wear this shirt like every time I'm on here because somebody gave it to me. It was the Reformed Man Company guys gave this to me and I would recommend it. This seriously is a comfy shirt. I work in a secular uh, job where I can wear t-shirts um, to work and uh, at a major re retailer, I'll say that much. And I can wear this, I wear this to work a lot. So it's kind of cool even though you can't really see it often because it's hidden by something, but it's still on. Um, these kind of things are good to have. So. Uh, any other topics too if you have a topic you'd like to hear me talk about or get somebody on i mean feel free to hit me up um i'm always open to it so with that i'll close with with my simple saying that's just kind of stuck if you're offended go somewhere else because not, i'm not really caring uh oh before i stop uh streetlight broadcasting uh check that out too i think he just started up his podcast or his video cast whatever he's doing um, make sure you go and check that out. Uh, link below. There'll be all kinds of links below this one. Just go click on each one. If it's a page to like, like it and subscribe to it or whatever. And then if it's, you know, if it's a, a link to an article, read the article and, and start reading the confessions and get into these. I mean, like we don't have enough reading to do. These are the kind of things we should be reading anyways. So again, if you're offended, go somewhere else. I don't care. Mm -hmm.